Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. I am. Hey everyone, welcome to my channel. I'm better than Cody. That's all I, I have to say. Welcome to Allie's today. podcast only because I'm no longer on it. <laughs> Make sure to like and subscribe, and then comment down below that you commented and say first. <laughs> you know the hey. comment box on a podcast. <laughs> hey, remember when we were both YouTubers? Good times. No, stop. <laughs> Hey, remember when you were a featured creator at VidCon? Don't even fucking come for me. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> it's okay. Now I'm a featured Twitcher, so oh fuck you. <laughs> it's a lateral move, all right? It's a <laughs> yeah. Just hop in one place to the other. Onwards and upwards, my friends. Welcome to the Twilight. Hello. Welcome to season three. We are beep, worse beep, beep, beep. and more powerful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say to myself every morning. <laughs> like, I do feel worse, but I am still powerful. <laughs> okay, tell me, and this is, we're going to have to get into this on a separate Patreon episode at some point, but sure. tell me how many days out of every day you have had the fucking song from Russian Doll stuck in your head. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that song, okay, that song bops, but it does hearing bop. it 700 times, and I, because I also watched that show in a short amount of time, I watched it in probably like a day or two, probably two days. Same, yeah. Um, and I wanted to throw my fucking laptop <laughs> to the moon. Wanna watch it anymore. And I now agree. I warn people who are watching him like the show is good, but prepare to fucking despise that one song. Yep. Also, I definitely had dreams about that bathroom. Yeah. Oh afterwards. my god. What uh, I would give. That whole same. apartment, really. Jesus. Yeah, I can't even imagine how expensive that was. Yeah, no thanks. And trust me, like, we're going to get into some expensive <laughs> New York apartments today. <laughs> Listen. Um, <laughs> but that one is on, like, a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know nothing about New York, but I do know that they're, it's always more expensive than you think it is. Correct. So, that's all I have to say. Uh, but shall we introduce season three? What yeah, we're talking about everyone. No matter where you are, no matter if you're driving, if you're on the bus, drum roll, please. Drum roll in your car. Drum roll on the neighbor next to you on the bus. Drum roll in your class right now. And hey, why are you listening to us? You should be paying attention in class. <laughs> <laughs> Season three is Cody. You. <laughs> it's all about me. Finally. No. <laughs> After so long, after two years of waiting and preparing, I'd like to thank the Academy, first and foremost, you racist and sexist piece of shit. Oh my god. (laughs) No, it's actually about the show, The the Life Tam, 
the lifetime the last the lifetime and now netflix show yeah you yeah um, but also all of you <laughs> and me most importantly no. <laughs> <laughs> cody every time that you do this to me it hurts my gemini soul and my scorpio soul <sighs> more and more you know that right but that's like my greatest pleasure you know this is the show, isn't it? <laughs> and I hate that, but Welcome I know it. to the podcast. <laughs> that's it. That's it. This is all we do. It's just this. Welcome to your listeners. Hello. You've gotten everything you're going to get out of this. <laughs> it hurts me to think that someone would ever leave listening to this podcast. Because even though we've transitioned now, like, it, laterally, right? We, yes, like We've moved right. on from twilight to 50 shades and now we've moved on from essentially the same kind of brand of boy absolutely yeah (laughs) this podcast is chronologically bad boys yeah like (laughs) we're hunting them down we're finding them (laughs) like i know that we originally were like oh yeah we're just gonna do vampire things but no it's really become this like study of shitty men yeah. And and specifically the same brand of shitty mm-hmm. man. And so we've gone from Edward to Christian and now, as we're gonna talk about today, Joe Goldberg. Um and boy howdy, if that's not a strong New York name. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it saddens me to even think that someone would be like, oh, yeah, they're getting into you. Definitely not my flavor. Because, like, sorry. <laughs> like that's, that's the whole thing. It's all the same. <laughs> it's the same. We are covering the same kind of content. So buckle in, folks, because, boy, howdy, if this isn't the same fucking content. <laughs> boy, fucking howdy, indeed. Yeah. Um, there may not be as much red rooms there may not be as many um vampires but goddamn if it's not as obsessive and creepy and yikes as it usually is before we get into that as much we do have a couple of current events from our other universes sure that we should probably get into yeah cody you should talk about the one that you are incredibly excited to talk about Let's sure. Do first, I brought something to the space this week. Thank you. I'm so Thank excited. You. Hold your applause. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we've talked about this case do holiday rom com that's coming this year. I'm so excited. I wish it was December <laughs> already. It's called The Happiest Season, and we got our co-star, and I'm so excited because it's Mackenzie Davis. And if you don't Woo-woo! know who that is. She's great. She was in the Black Mirror San Junipero episode, aka the best episode of Black Mirror. Don't even at me. True. And they're just gonna have a good gay time together. I'm so excited. Oh, God. Only the two most powerful could ever do this story justice, and I'm yeah. And I can't wait to see what happens. And it's written by Clea Duvall. Like, are you <sighs> kidding me? Such a powerful name. Yeah. She's in a lot of shit. She was in But I'm, in a, but I'm a Cheerleader. She was in Girl Interrupted. She's the best. Hell yeah. And I'm so... Uh. The countdown begins. Yes. Uh. I can't wait. Wow. I... Goddamn. We have more case news 
this week. Hell yeah. And it's an e-online article saying that Casey reunited with my love, my son, (laughs) (laughs) my S-U-N. Oh, my God. Taylor Lautner. Yeah, Um, if it was S-O-N, there'd be some (laughs) problems. That's true. (laughs) For this Twilight quasi-reunion for his birthday. Now, one of my favorite things, and there's just so many to list about Taylor Lautner, um, is that he's an Aquarius. And so they got together, they posted this photo for his birthday. And one of my favorite things about this photo is there's some people in the background making, I think peace signs it's hard to tell um but Casey is serving looks as always and I love it so much there's also this person that's hugging Taylor that is just giving very sultry eyes in some (laughs) tie-dye and it's my favorite thing in the whole world it's just very good so I love it uh the one thing I learned from this fucking piece is that Taylor Lautner is dating again someone named Taylor oh yeah Yeah. Does this boy ever stop? (laughs) No. Can he date other women with different names? No. Well, no. Also, in this fucking Instagram post, if you go to the last picture, Case 2 is just, like, hunched over giving a thumbs up. And that's the fucking mood. (laughs) It's so funny. I love it a lot. It's so good. Uh, She's my favorite, and it's very good. God bless. God bless them all. You know mwah, what I mean? Mwah, mwah. So good. I want to save the our Realtor Corner last. Sure, um, sure. So let's talk about this bustle piece. This came out very recently. Um, mm-hmm. It'll been about a week when this comes out. But it was posted by Alana Leary for Bustle. And it's this long piece. Very good piece. But a very long piece about kind of a love letter to Twilight, um, Uh helping Alana figure out what it means to be a queer teen in love. And I loved this piece, honestly, mainly because I think it's safe to say that, honestly, I think that our podcast came out at the best time. And um, I don't want to pat ourselves too much on the back, but (laughs) we helped kind of usher in this renaissance of Twilight. Yeah. And we've been able to see throughout this podcast life a lot of kind of love letters to Twilight, um, if not only like thanking the work, um, but also just kind of people able to discuss what it did for them, even though the work itself as literature isn't necessarily great. And so I think that's what I got from this is like, Alana doesn't want to be ashamed of, like, enjoying Twilight anymore. (laughs) And that has kind of been what I've noticed from a lot of think pieces lately. And it's such an important, like, conversation in terms of, like, queer discourse, right? Because oftentimes, uh, especially in the early 2000s, when you're queer and you don't really know what to do about it, you're not seeing reflections of yourself quite literally on screen or in representation of media right so you kind of just like find yourself in other like marginalized identities that are like fictitious so Mm -hmm. something that's like you see yourself in like supernatural creatures or like othered uh objects in media because Mm -hmm. like that's a closer representation than what's available in and realistic right right and so twilight was very like influential in that moment too where it was like you know this you know 
hidden romance and this like frowned upon romance or whatever because like the people were different because they were vampires but it's also like an allegory for other identities that weren't you know something seen as desirable or something that was seen as okay right Mm -hmm. yeah i i think that this thing this article in particular is is able to talk about that too and we've noticed this happening i would say what i've noticed it happening in the past year especially um where it's not only happening with twilight but in a lot of media. Um, sure, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, People are able to be like, listen, I'm not going to apologize for what I like anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Which is, is fantastic. So I am loving that a lot. So this last, <laughs> this last news that we've got is very important to me. <laughs> Welcome to Realtor Corner. <laughs> yes. It's so great, mainly because... This, I saw this getting very popular um, on my my Twitter feed recently, um, mainly in the last week or so. And it is a home, a very large home um, in Pennsylvania that I think about a week ago um, <laughs> posted on Zillow to sell. And the reason why it started getting onto my, like, social media and, like, on Twitter and stuff is because of this home's basement. Um, so at first glance, it looks like a normal home and, like, you click through the Zillow and, like, it seems fine, colonial style, whatever. And then you get down to this home's basement and it has what has been quoted as a full-blown sex dungeon, now, we've talked a lot about sex rooms on this show. <laughs> yeah, um, we're a little well-versed in the sex room category. And I think within that conversation, they have a connotation for for being dark rooms. And I think that that comes right with this narrative of, like, hiding sex. And so they're often, like, black or red or maroon or whatever. This is not that at all. It looks... It, like, if they hadn't said it was a basement, I wouldn't have believed it. Because it's completely white and bright and has a lot of, like, animal hides. Yeah, so many, like, bear rugs. <laughs> yeah. And then just this... It almost looks like a... Um, not a guillotine, but the, what is that thing that they had in, like, Notre Dame where you, like, get your hands and your head stuck in the wood block? Um, I have no idea what it's called, but yeah, um, it definitely gives that vibe. Yeah, anyways, um, the reason why I saw this spread on my Twitter feed and stuff is that it, people were commenting that it looks a lot like a um, West Elm kind of BDSM room. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it kind of does, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so it's, I think the most off-putting thing is that everything is white. Like, everything's painted white. The seal, the floor is white. Yes. It's just, like, very blindingly, like, doctor's office. Yes. And then there's all this, like, sex paraphernalia in it, which is, like, chase your bliss, do your thing. But I feel like, at least in the red room, it's, like, s- more fits with everything. Like, the colors kind of go together. Maybe it feels like a darker shade. The white is very alarming. <laughs> it is. It's very sterile. Yes. Incredibly sterile. And, like, I understand the point of it 
of switching up your vibe or having your own personal style. But if it doesn't give off any mood of, like, sensuality, then what the hell? (laughs) What's the point? So I just thought that that was worth it. Um, Also, that house is, I think it said $7,500,000. A lot of money. Too much money. Um, But yikes. So we have a couple of questions transitioning into season three. Hell yeah. This first one is from someone whose name we can't say. Cody, how can we get people's names set on the show? Ooh, excellent segue. Patreon.com slash into the twilight, $10 or more a month, and we shout you out, often with very silly names. Great. And it's a great time. Yep. If you pay us any money, though, and you ask a question, we can say your name, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're legally allowed. <laughs> yes. We have to. Yeah. Mr. Patreon allows us to. Yes, um, Sir Patreon. <laughs> Damn, that sounds fancy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So this first question is, why are you doing this to us, and more importantly, yourselves? Listen, y'all asked for this. (laughs) That's true. Don't fucking come (laughs) for us and be like, don't do that. If A peek behind the curtain. If you did not vote in our Twitter poll, we did a Twitter poll a couple weeks ago when we were transitioning out of Fifty Shades to say, hey, we can do one of two things, everyone, both of which are very bad (laughs) for everyone involved, but here are your two options. (laughs) That's true. One is continuing Fifty Shades from Grey's perspective, no thank you, and the other was you, and y'all chose you, so... By 16% more, so... Yeah. I mean, it was contested, for sure, but... Yeah, it was pretty close The people have spoken. The people have spoken. So we did what we were asked to do and that's why we're doing it also i think it's a nice little break to do like a tv thing you know it's cool to do like an episodic kind of thing yeah it's It's a fun little switch kind of popular right now so there that's why okay (laughs) what's our next question cody next question is from sophia brady who asks so who do you think Gossip Girl is? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, but can you remind me if you watched Gossip Girl? No. No, I haven't. Okay. You haven't either, right? No. Okay, so do any of us even know who Gossip Girl is in actual Gossip Girl? <laughs> I think I do, just from, okay. like, osmosis on sure. Twitter. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and just from, like, listening to podcasts where people have referenced it. And from what I know, it wasn't someone that they had planned at the beginning. Because I think it followed books, if I'm not mistaken. Or was that Pretty Little Liars? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. But yeah, I think... I Yeah, anyways, I didn't follow it. But here's what I'll tell you from... If I if only from the first ten seconds of watching you... <laughs> um, Gossip Girl is Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that Gossip Girl is Hari Neff, who I know shows up later, and I'm very excited. And that's the only thing guiding me through this fucking series. Fair. Our last question comes from Patreon Taylor Brown Brown Town, and it's a personal attack on me. It's the worst thing she's ever done. Yeah. <laughs> and she's done some despicable things. And she's done some major crimes, um, yeah. including a fan fiction that she's provided for us today. Um, oh, God. It is a fuck, Mary kill. For Joe Goldberg, Christian Grey, and Edward Cullen. 
No. <laughs> do it. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> no. I hate it. So- Can I kill all of <sighs> God, this sucks so bad. The only one I'm sort of okay with is marrying Edward. I'm obviously going to marry Edward. Because yeah. A, he's a virgin and he's never going to have sex ever. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. He we can he can just live eternity with not having sex, and that's fine. Uh, but the other two are really bad, and I don't, I I don't think I want to fuck Christian because I think that inherently will be assault. <laughs> <So> <laughs> just by nature, I don't think that can ever be consensual. So I'm, I think I'm gonna fuck Joe and kill Christian. See, I think I also hate Christian at this point more than I hate. Joe, but I also don't know Joe enough yet, and that may change. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the opposite for argument's okay. sake. Sure. And also, we love a devil's advocate. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do the opposite, um, if only because I was spoiled about one piece of information about Joe. Um, oh boy. Regarding his sexual prowess. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> and all I'm gonna say is. That I think, even though Christian is the actual worst, arguably, from all of these people, I think Christian is a little bit better in bed. That's all sure. I'll say. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see. Anyways. I'm, here's the thing, Cody. I'm, even though, even though Joe is awful. Yes. And and this is just the first episode where, like, arguably not as awful as I know that he's going to be, sure. um, just from, like, what I've seen so far. He's mm. not, he's not Christian. And that's so refreshing to say. Yeah. And so, you know, pour one out, you know, for us. I, but also, doesn't he feel very Christian? I got he serious does. Christian vibes, you know? He does. Ooh, I just spittled all over myself. Cute. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love a sick me that doesn't know how to drink from us. I almost just called a straw a spoon. I am losing my goddamn mind. Um. So oh, I have. We've been doing this too long. <laughs> Our brains are deteriorating. I know for real. As so I have a little bit of background. Cute about you. Um, mainly because I got about oh, about forty seconds into you. When I was watching it with Chris, and I sat up and screamed to the point where, and like Chris is used to me screaming, because um, that's just like my usual tone of voice. Sure. And but I screamed to the point where he like paused and he looked over at me and he was like, "What? <laughs> like we're just <laughs> watching a show. You don't have your phone in your hand. Like what do you want?" <laughs> and. The reason why I was screaming is because when we got to the part where it said the producers of this show, Mm -hmm. I about had a stroke. And here's the reason why. This show has two executive producers that the show was created by. One Mm -hmm. is a person that I had no idea who it was, and it's um, Greg Berlanti, who created shows like Dawson's Creek, never watched it, don't care, Riverdale, don't watch it, don't care, (laughs) Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, need to watch it, probably will care. But the person that I really cared about 
wow, congested city up here, um, is Sarah Gamble. Now, Cody, have you ever heard Sarah Gamble's name before? Never. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the reason why Sarah Gamble's name is so important to me is because she was the showrunner of Supernatural. Hell yeah. From, specifically during season six, but she wrote several episodes prior to that. Now... Mm -hmm. (laughs) listeners there isn't a lot of opportunities for me to talk about supernatural in the past couple years of this show um but she will take every opportunity (laughs) she gets but every opportunity that i can i most certainly will sarah gimbal is most specifically known in this fandom um she is incredibly hated by the supernatural fandom why most specifically because she's a woman but other than that, because she specifically, like, changed the show and warped, like, the mood of that. As you can see, like, this show, even in this first episode, has a very distinct feel. Um, mm-hmm. She had that same feel with Supernatural, and Supernatural does not have this show's kind of feel. And so that got, like, a very passionate fan base of Supernatural, which, listeners, if you don't watch Supernatural, you probably know what it is based on the fan base alone. So... That got my attention right off the bat. And I'm very curious to see how she takes this from now on. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, we're obviously going to talk about the novel after this. But when I first heard waves about this show, I did not know that it was based on a novel. Neither did I. So I'm very curious to see as we go along how it kind of matches up from there. Did you know about these actors like the the main stars any of them look familiar to you as you were watching this first episode the main girl the girl who plays beck looked very familiar to me but i didn't like know what she was from i assumed that she was in literally anything before this and she's had like one or two credits the only thing that she's been in like as a reoccurring thing was she played anna on once upon a time oh i never saw it so yeah that's it. She also, the whole time, with her, like, super blonde hair, just looked like Emily Blunt to me. And I'm like, I know this isn't Emily Blunt, even a little bit, but I just might, that's the only, like, that's the closest cultural touchstone I have to placing her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only people that I really knew was Penn Bagley and Shay Mitchell, which, like, uh, yeah, I, I can't believe Mitchell. they got her. She's so hot. <laughs> um, yeah, she is so beautiful. I cannot. Ooh, uh, the last piece of news that I have... Um, here is that apparently this season has 10 episodes and Mm -hmm. apparently it was a 50-50 split between male and female directors. Okay. So I don't know if that was intentional or not but. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So initial thoughts. What'd you think? Oh. (laughs) God. This sucks so bad. Like (laughs) I, I, okay, I didn't think it was going to be, like, this bad, or I was going to hate it this much. Oh, you didn't think? boy, howdy. You didn't think it was going to be a Lifetime show? No, listen, I knew it was a Lifetime show, but because of this, like, overwhelming cultural acclaim on Twitter, I was like, oh, maybe there's something that's actually something here right like maybe there's something that i probably won't see under just the premise alone nope Mm. it's just the premise nope Mm -mm. (laughs) there's nothing more than that 
Because, like, even... Uh, the the show is trying to make me want to fuck this guy so hard. And I've never been less attracted to a person in my life. Just because of how the character is. Mm. Like, the dude himself, sure, hot, I get it, whatever. Everything he says and is thinking all the time is the worst. It's Christian Grey energy. It's the worst. It's awful. It's awful. Right. Exactly. And there's nothing they can make me do. There's no cute little subway kiss or whatever, like, moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, like, the only redeeming quality that they're they're giving me is that he likes to read. Like, that's all that they're giving me. <laughs> and he's, like, not a shitty person to his neighbor with, like, a bad family. Like, that's it. I have no emotional connection to this dude because he sucks. And they're trying so hard to get me to like him. But they're also not trying at all because I don't fucking like him. Yes. I agree. The thing that stood out to me the most in this first episode is I couldn't help but keep thinking about Millie Bobby Brown because as I was watching this first episode, I thought, wow, me now, like, Penn Bagley can get it. (laughs) Like, the actor, (laughs) like, both Penn and Shay can fucking get it. Um, But... What? <laughs> what just happened? Um, but what I'm noticing is as I was going through this episode, what I found myself doing is that, like, 14-year-old me was attracted to Joe. Oh, like, yeah. Like, sure. high school me was yeah. seeing the way that Joe was acting and the way that Joe was thinking and saw... Like, his behaviors and found myself kind of drawn to that. And then I kept being like, wait, hold on, pump the brakes. Like, this is awful. And so, as I was going through, I was like, oh, okay. So, this is what, like, the younger girls, like Millie, are seeing here. This is why they're feeling almost like a magnetic attraction to Joe. And that's the whole thing that I was like, Okay, so <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awful. <laughs> right, yeah. The other thing that I noticed right off the bat um, is that their names are the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and it Welcome took to me... white New York City. <laughs> and it took me out of the story so much. Sure. So Joe, Joe, like whatever, is Joe. Like that's such a play Jane name. Sure. But Guinevere Beck, Mr. Mooney, Peach Salinger, and then you had her friends, who I think were like Annika and um, whatever her name was. Like, they were all such fake, like, they were just so fake names sure. that it was yeah. just a lot. Um, I think Joe and Ethan were the only ones that were, like names that I that seem normal but anyway (laughs) like they were I don't know not like normal those are like white names but still yeah um yeah there were some things that I think made me laugh but it was still pretty wild um the other thing that caught me off guard was that I could tell this was a lifetime show because of the cuts to commercial breaks Oh yeah, um, which is you a little bit. You can definitely tell when something is made for for network and not for for Netflix. Exactly, it shows. I feel like the first ten seconds are just incredibly jarring. Yes, 
because it really does it it just like throws you into this story mm-hmm. like you're right off the bat you're in joe's head and most of this episode and i'm assuming most of this season will be yeah. with joe's thoughts in voiceover right. god and which is just a lot to handle because you get a lot of his like pretentious pseudo observation slash mind reading kind of thing um where he's the manager of this bookstore it's called like moonies he seems to be running it now and beck comes in her name is guinevere beck but she goes by beck as you do as you do (laughs) when your name is guinevere you just go by your cool last name exactly and one of my favorite things about this and she's buying a copy of this book, um, Desperate Characters. And throughout this whole thing, he's trying to, like, observe Beck. Um, that she has bracelets, so she wants attention. But she's looking down, so she doesn't want attention. Oh, but she doesn't have a bra, so she does want attention. Like, doing this whole gross thing. It's um, so bad. <laughs> one of my favorite things that happens at this time, though, is... There's this guy who comes in, and I don't remember what copy of the of a book he wants. Um, it was it was some, a J.D. Salinger, right? I think it was. Yeah, I don't know which one though. Um, and so <laughs> he was like, they were making fun of him for it, and as soon as um he goes to ring up the guy, he says that. He's going to go home and, quote, eat Cheetos and jerk it to eye porn. You know, eye porn. You know. <laughs> fellas. Move over. We've all been to iPorn.com. Yep, move over, Pornhub. It's time for eye porn. Hey, guys, so I have this really funny joke for this script, but we can't say any actual porn company names. What do you got? Yep. Eye porn? There it is. There it is. <laughs> Done in one. Iporn.biz is my new fucking homepage. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by iporn.biz. Yep. Thank you. Um, one of the things that I found incredibly, I, not necessarily jarring, but just so like, ugh, um, is how many like Instagram worthy shots they got in this episode. They like really focused on the lighting in this. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that's not how New York looks though. (laughs) And like, I haven't been in New York, but I know that's not how, even from these shots, I can tell that you're trying to make New York smell differently. And that's not how New York smells. No. (laughs) So stop it. There's so much gross, like, Instagram and social media bashing. Oh, for real. He's just, because this whole time he's psychoanalyzing her about, like, oh, she clearly wants attention. But, you know, everything she posts is fake. And, like, her whole life is fake. Her friends are fake. They don't like her. Whatever. She's just lying. She had all this potential, but she's not doing it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's so shitty. It's like, dude, how about we just, like, I don't know, social media is its own beast and whatever and how we deal with it as individual and all that stuff just to be like god you know this girl isn't like the kind of girl that would normally post 
like Instagrams like this or, you know, try to get attention from other people, but she wants to be seen because her thing is public and everything. It's just gross. It's like, how do we stop shitting on people for using things that are very common in our experience? Exactly. Especially what? when, he, if he just took two seconds when he was doing all this sleuthing about her. Um, cause when she goes to purchase, he's like, oh, she definitely has enough cash to pay for this, but she's giving me her credit card so that I'd see her full name. And so when he's Excuse going me. Through, first <laughs> of all, who carries cash in New York? Yeah. But also ever. Never. Um, <laughs> anyway. If I thought for one second that me handing my credit card would, and would be a sign for the person taking my credit card to charge it, to look at my name... <laughs> And look me up on the internet. I No more cards. Get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> I would never no leave my house. I would move no. to the forest. And also, as someone who works in retail and I have to, you know, look at people's credit cards all the time, if I for one minute even looked at the name or, like, looked at the card for more than the two seconds it takes to put in the machine, I would not work there anymore because yeah. people would think I'm stealing their identity or trying to stalk them. Yeah. That's and crazy. Also... The fact that he has a thing in, this is, this book came out in 2014, but, like, this is supposed to be happening in, quote, the present day when this was filmed, which is, like, 2018. The fact that she has to hand over her credit card to someone is bullshit. That stuff never happens anymore. Because people don't. Well, that happens at my job. (laughs) We have some old systems. Okay. But, like. At least where I worked in the mall, like, people would try to hand me their cards, and I was never allowed to touch them. Because it was, like, that shit would get you fired if you touched a card. Because it was just like, no, man. Um, But yeah, so he looks at all of our social media. And I, what I found bullshit about this is that, like, she's an aspiring writer. Well, she Mm -hmm. is a writer, but she's an aspiring author. And she also works in a yoga, yoga, yoga studio. (laughs) You know, you know, when you do yoga, um... (laughs) Um, (laughs) anyways, so the fact that she wouldn't need to have a social media presence for either of those is whack. So, anyways, it just seemed wild. He also is like, here's a thought. Beck, let's spend the day together during his voiceover and then just, like, stalks her the whole day. Yeah, it's like, let's have a cool, fun date in which I follow you everywhere you go and just look from afar. Isn't that fun? Isn't that what? <laughs> Isn't that? Out is? Hey, that's love right there, folks. You know what dating is, right? <laughs> have you uh, have you heard of a date before? It- <laughs> um, what we find during this though um, is that he lives in an apartment complex with this boy named Paco. Um, uh, Paco. Paco, um, who's reading a lot of classic books like you do when uh, your mom's in an abusive relationship. Um, yep. Can't relate. <laughs> can't relate at all. Um, um, and, <laughs> um, and so Paco, sweet son. Um, and I was just like, hmm, I wonder how much his apartment is. And then we find, we just like quickly pan over to her apartment where she has no blinds. No curtains. Nope. No anything. As her, all of her windows just, like, face the street. Um, and I was like, oh, hmm, I wonder how much her apartment costs. <laughs> um, we don't find out. We just know that it, it just costs a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. That'd be a great scene if they just, <laughs> he renews his lease. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's how much your rent is. Yeah. 
I just thought that was interesting. Um, we do find out about her friends. Um, mainly that's when we see Shay Mitchell. Um, uh, who the only thing that matters. Truly. Um, why do the side characters, why are the side characters always the most important in these fucking shows? Um, and then these and series. Then, and Shay Mitchell gets so shit on by this dude for no reason. For She's real. the only one that's like an actual friend to her. Because like. Yeah, he shits on her friends and how they're vapid or whatever. And to an extent, they kind of are. Because they're very self-interested and they don't really care about her. Well, yeah. But, you know, Becca's trying to, like, she gives her friend an expensive scarf and she's, like, just trying to be friends with them. They just want to get drunk and hang out and take selfies or whatever, I guess, because that's the devil. Yep. <laughs> how dare they? Humanity. God. Um, but Shay is also, like trying or peach i guess is her name peach. <laughs> it's actually just shay mitchell she didn't know that she was being filmed <laughs> yeah. peach shay mitchell um is actually trying to be a good friend like she's checking in on her she's like making sure she has like her money situation figured out because she clearly does not um and even still fucking joe is like fuck this bitch she doesn't care about you none of your friends care about you fuck you yeah like what you're just 40 feet away at the bar but somehow listening to their entire conversation. Super normal. Super And chill. just shitting on them. What the fuck? And your fucking internal monologue. Get out of here. Yeah. I, it's awful. Um, as soon as she gets back to her place, Benji rolls up. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing that I noticed about Benji is that he reminds me so much of Spencer Pratt from The Hills. Yes. He has yes. that face to me and that attitude. And so that's all I could think of during this episode. So during this time, Joe is just standing on the opposite street watching a fucking Beck's apartment. Um, and Benji just rolls up in a taxi, comes in, and they're apparently arguing about something. Oh, yeah, she um, found out that he was making out or, like, having sex with some other girl at a party. And he was like, babe, 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 I just needed coke. It's not that serious. I didn't even come, dude. It's fine. <laughs> um, and then they, like, have sex in front of these windows that Joe can definitely see because yeah. he has laser eyes. <laughs> I don't know. He's also a supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> has powers. I'm just imagining this because I have horrible vision, but yeah. I would have to, like, have not I don't know. I don't understand. At least if we're playing into the stalker bit, at least fully commit and get the little binoculars, right? Just do the full peeping Tom shit that's in every other movie. I'm just I don't want to have to believe that this dude is <laughs> seeing 50 feet above the air with his eyes <laughs> <laughs> alone. There's no way. Listen, it is New York. Maybe he fell into a vat of acid. Like, I don't know. <laughs> shit happens you know like but just fucking say it <laughs> yeah like is there gonna be a part where he's like yeah like i fucked up and went into hell's kitchen when i was a kid like i don't know uh <laughs> i hope that's the fucking Shyamalan twist <laughs> he's just in a tub of acid yeah exactly anyways beck doesn't come and benji ends up leaving and is like i need to go take care of my artisan soda business <laughs> Which we find out about while they're having sex because fucking Joe does his little, like, Snoopy bit. Um, and now I'm just imagining him as Snoopy from Peanuts. That's awful. Um, no. Snoopy doesn't Curse deserve that. Um, no. <laughs> um, but he's like, 
Benji the like Benjamin the third or something and all this like bullshit like he's like everything that I hated and still yeah. do um and also the only part of this episode that made me laugh out loud was when Joe called him a waste of hair <laughs> <laughs> that was so good it was pretty he good he truly is a waste of hair he is he's he's pretty awful yeah. um so he leaves and then I keep remember fucking up her name. Yeah, so Beck ends up just um taking care of her own business and just masturbates with a pillow, um, as you do sometimes. But she does this on her couch in front of these windows, in front of a street. Um Listen, city life <laughs> is crazy, you know? <laughs> it's just <laughs> And so there's Joe just in a bush like a fucking creep <laughs> just jerking it off and he's imagining that he's like in her, her apartment and that everything's going great and then of course what happens an old lady comes down the stairs and is like oh sweet son thank you for these stairs that you're helping me with and it's like alright well. And he becomes chivalrous angel again. Yeah it's so awful. What's so funny about that little, like, dream montage or whatever is the fact that if I was, like, jerking it and I opened my eyes and saw this fucking dude in the corner smiling, there's no way I would have been like, all right, let's fucking see where this goes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, absolutely not. And then have, like, the most amazing sex of my life. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I can, I'm taking care of it. I don't need you to do it. I already had it fuck, fuck up before. I don't need another dude to be like, I know how to do it. No, get out of here. Yeah, please don't. Scram. Please don't mansplain my sexy time. Like, I got I, this. I got it. Thanks. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. Go back to your creepy little, like, peeper corner, you weirdo. Yeah. I'm good. Thanks, so. though. Scram. <laughs> Um, yeah, that part felt very much like a Twilight scene to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, no, is what I mean. <laughs> Um, anyways, um, some major stuff happens in the next couple of scenes. Like, we find out about the, um, the bookstore basement that Paco, or, um, Joe takes Paco to. Um, which is the creepiest thing, and he Absolutely. definitely won't use for murder. Nope. Mm-mm. It's and definitely doesn't reveal his very tragic daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Mr. Mooney definitely didn't fuck him up as a kid. No way. <laughs> um, we find out about Beck as a TA, and that um, her professor wants to fuck her like real bad. Yeah. And she's going to have to go to, like, dinner with him in order to get an extension on her pages, which, um, you know, hey, you know, as you do sometimes. TA life, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) Am I right? Am I right? um, Anyways, she's having, like, an awful day. um, And during this time, Joe is, like, in her apartment. On her (laughs) computer, (laughs) just, like, laying on her bed sideways, dangling his feet, just, like, (laughs) pretty music montage, and then all of a sudden, Beck, like, kicks in the door, crying. (laughs) Um, Everyone, get out, I need my time to cry. (laughs) And so, he does the most stereotypical thing of, like, hiding in the shower. 
And he even comments on it, too. It's like, well, I've seen enough rom-coms to know how to figure this one out. Do you? <laughs> and he's just stuck in the shower. Just, I know. He's the absolute worst. And so she's, like, on the phone with her mom being like, Mom, I've had the worst day. Everything is awful. Life sucks. And yeah. she even goes to, like, turn on the shower. And if nothing, if you haven't learned anything, Beck, don't, why, one, why don't you keep your shower open? <laughs> like, yeah, the fact that she turned on the faucet without pulling open the curtain is buck wild. I think Beck's a cop. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? I can't relate. No, not even a little bit. I always there have my shower There might be monsters in there. Open. There might be men in there <laughs> just hanging out. Yep. I always keep my shower curtain open. Have you not seen Psycho? <laughs> literally. Literally. Like, come on. <laughs> we can't be taking risks like this. I can't. Yeah. I don't understand. And so, of course, like, she tur- she ends up turning it off after having it on for, like, two minutes do not pay your own water bill back anyway. Um, so he's just standing there with water being poured on him. <laughs> um, and what she ends up doing is calling her friends to go fucking read her poetry <laughs> instead. And yeah. this is the most cringeworthy scene. And that's saying oh, something. It's real bad. It's awful. Um, it's worse than the the Cynthia st- slam poetry from. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Twenty one Drum Street. Uh, <laughs> it's worse than that. And it's so she even she's gathered all her three friends. Yeah. Um, she's multiple drinks in. She's texted yeah. Benji to come, and so she finally gets up and she's like, "Hey everyone." I know this is like super stereotypical, but I'm like a, I'm like a poet. Um, oh, and then she <laughs> reads this fucking poem and immediately gets hecklers like, why is this so sad? <laughs> I know I came to an open mic, but I didn't expect to be sad the whole time. Yeah. Bro, that's what you signed up for. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're gonna hear sad white girls doing poetry and sad white boys strumming on their guitar. That's all there is. And also, bad stand-up sets. What the fuck do you think you're getting out of this? You couldn't pay me enough to go to an open mic. You <laughs> could. That is my version of hell. Yeah. Oh my Christ. Especially in like New York or LA where people are trying to fucking make it. Absolutely yeah. not. It's too serious. Like we gotta have some fun here. No. No ma'am. Mm-mm. Fuck. So she's like shwasted after yeah. this and like super sad. She keeps texting texting Benji, which like great plan. The first three texts didn't do it. Just keep doing it. Listen, I can't shame her. I've done this before. Um, Listen, we've all been back, right? Like, yeah. We're not trying to shit. Like, we've been there. I can shit on her as much as I want, because I've been there. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> that gives us the right to shit on me. It's just basically shitting on my younger self. Um, yeah, it's called hindsight. Ever heard of it? <laughs> it's almost 2020. Um, no. <laughs> so... Of course, Joe's following her. They end up on the same subway line with this, like, homeless person who just can't stop screaming. Just, like, <laughs> scream singing. Um, 
And Beck, like, is teetering on the edge of the subway line, like, about to fucking break her neck. Um, it's really scary. It's, it's very spooky. Um, and, of course, Joe's like, hmm, do I just let her die? <laughs> do I do I almost let her die and then save her? Like, there's so many options here. Um and of course, like we're only hearing his perspective. So eventually, like she falls, he grabs her and the phone, and while this man is still screaming, just <laughs> never letting go. <laughs> um, and as soon as he grabs her, she immediately just yartses like right onto him. Hell yeah! Um, romantic moments, you know what I mean? Well, here's the thing too, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mansplain the MTA real quick. Uh, Please do, because like he he grabs her hand and hoists her back up, and everything's great. And she like they like both fall on the tracks and narrowly miss the train hitting them. And he's on the ground and she's on top of him, and it's like romantic, but also then she throws up on him, and it's great. But during that. The train never stops. I was confused about it. <laughs> Normally, in the subway, when it, when you're at the stop, the train stops at every stop. Unless it's an express. But that only goes in between the two sides of each line going north or south or east or west or depending on which direction you're going. Mm. It's not that one. That's the one that stops all the time. But it just fucking barrels past like... <laughs> It just saw those two and was like, not today. It's like, oh, Greenpoint, fuck you. You don't get on the subway. You take the next one. It's like, what? That's not how subways work. But it, like, all comes together for this beautiful moment that's like, oh, she just missed it. And she could have totally gotten fucked up. But nope. It was just, the train's gone. You're not getting on the train. Damn. I, yeah, that was very confusing to me. Um... The thing that frustrated me the most about this is that Anna felt, what? Um, where am I? <laughs> There's so many people. Um, that Beck felt the need to apologize about everything. She was, like, apologizing yeah. for puking, apologizing for recognizing him, mm-hmm. and then was like, oh, come on this taxi with me. Also, I don't know New York. Are taxis... Still more popular than Ubers. Um, I think they kind of leveled out. Okay. But yeah, taxes are still kind of... I mean, her phone was, like, broken, so... Yeah, it's not like she could fucking call a ride share or whatever. That's fair. Um, anyways, after this, she goes back to her apartment, and Benji was, like, there. Super normal. Um, and she was like, oh no, my phone. But we find out fucking Joe took it. He was just like, whoop, it's mine now. And it was like, oh my God, my phone, I left it on the train. And he's like, no, fuck you. I got your phone. Yeah. (laughs) The thing that is so confusing to me about all this is like, she ceases to amaze me because her phone wasn't locked. Why? Why? Why was... Why? It's 2018 slash 19. Come on. I don't know. I think she had an iPhone. I don't know. But my... It looked like it. Yeah. By default, my phone is locked. Yeah. So, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I was confused about that. Um, anyways, um, what I found most interesting about the end of this is the 
kind of parallel between the book repair um, of Paco's, like, book and then Benji's, like, trap into the box. Yeah. Um, it's a weird tonal shift. Incredibly strong tonal shift. And Benji's, like, all hyped up and doesn't feel like this is a trap at all because why would it? Everything good happens to Benji. Um, yeah. Of course someone is going to want to buy his weird handcrafted soda and then... I mean, with this head of hair, how could you say that? <laughs> with this gluten allergy? <laughs> Come on. Um, and so, of course, he meets someone in this weird, decrepit address. And then it's just, like, crossfading to Ben... Or to Joe and Paco repairing this book with this weird fucking contraption. Um, that's very ancient. And then what was so confusing to me about all of this is, like, it doesn't seem, from this episode anyway, that Joe has killed anyone before because he just uses a fucking mallet to yeah. knock Benji's head in and then just puts him in the box. The fucking airtight book box. You know. As you do. Your workplace. Right. The most obvious yeah. place that someone would look for. Right. <laughs> No, the police would never check because that's where books go. Right. Of There's course. old books in there. You can't touch those. The incredibly well-lit, airtight book <laughs> box. <coughs> Why would anyone look there? Listen, I know you've never... Oh, my God. <laughs> Please don't die. I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying my best. This series is killing me. Um, <laughs> I know you've never been to New York, but there's a bookstore called The Strand. And they have this very secret special floor for, like, rare first editions. Like, mm-hmm. they're only open a certain amount of hours. It's this whole rigmarole. And, like, that shit is more tightly locked up than I think any, like, prison or, like, anything. That shit is, like, no, nobody is in here. Hell yeah. So I get it. I, I get it. I get the reasoning. I... That's fair. The thing that struck me the most about the end of this, since we're wrapping up here, is that mm-hmm. this episode, um, right at the very end, said that it was dedicated in loving memory to someone. <laughs> this this is someone's yeah. <laughs> this is someone's life's it's a beautiful work. love letter. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's someone's that's someone's work there. Um, and that's Rest also in peace, baby. <laughs> yep. Um, and that's also the pilot of you. We did it. Yep, we done did it. Only nine more to go. Yep, and that's that's it. Next week is episode two. Woo! Um, we have a new sponsor this week for pew, our pew, Patreon. Pew, 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 pew. So I would like to thank our new patron, Sophia Salinger. It was a ten dollar oh. sponsor. Hey oh Wow wow wow. Ow, ow, ow. I'd like to thank Taylor Brown. Hell yeah. Town Lautner. <laughs> <laughs> Another fucking kick ass ten dollar <clears throat> sponsor. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I would love to thank Katie Weber. Boo! Bow 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 bow. What? No, that was a really good trumpet. He did it. Thank you. I'd like to thank Simon motherfucking Steele. Goddamn. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Make that your ringtone, Simon Steele. <laughs> Unleash your truth, Ooh. Simon Steele. 
<laughs> Simon still gets a tagline this week. <laughs> um, speaking about unleashing your truth, um, I have oh, a no. I have a fan fiction this week that was sent to us by Taylor Browntown Lautner, um, and because Taylor Browntown Lautner is braver than the Marines, um, this was requested to be dedicated to someone. And I can only do those honors. Um, this was requested to be dedicated to our sister podcast, Coffee with Rachel. And the title of this pod... Nope. The title of this fan fiction <laughs> is, is called Fifty Shades of Nook's Cranny. Oh. And it was written by the absent mind. The summary goes a little bit like this. Minerva moves into a new town without realizing that it's a special community for furries. There, he meets the mysterious shop owner, Tom Nook, and falls in love. Minerva is then thrown into a wild world that he has never seen the likes of. And this was published on September 9th, 2013. And it goes a little bit like this. It's from chapter 3. The house looked great from the outside. Whomever built it must have great craftsmanship. I'm the proprietor of the shop, the only one in town. I'm Tom Nook, he grinned. Nice to meet you. I'm Minerva. Well, you already know that, I joked horribly. Damn it, Minerva, get your shit together. In addition to running the shop, I'm in construction. I build and remodel homes. Wait, did you build this one? I asked, astonished. Yes, but sadly, the loan on the house you're living in has yet to be paid off. Oh, great. Now we're talking business. I know you didn't build it, but in order to stay there, I need you to pay it off. I winced. I couldn't even get settled in my first day without having to worry about debt. But not alone, he said, seeing my wincing face at the thought. Everyone in there pitches in to help pay it. Well, yeah, I kind of figured that out already, since I know I'm not the only one staying here. How much is left on the house, I asked, as I squirmed, just waiting for the answer. About... 298,000 bells. Holy shit. I thought as the color started to leave my face. I started to faint, but ended up falling to the ground. Tom grabbed me by the waist and helped me off the ground. It was amazing how strong his arms were, considering I wasn't the lightest feather in the pillow, if you know what I mean. End scene. <sighs> Listen, Tom Nook, he can, he can get it for someone, you know? I guess to, like, capitalism. (laughs) I don't know about a a living, breathing thing. All right, well... Jeff Bezos, maybe. (laughs) Isabel can get it. Can we agree? Oh, for sure. Isabel for sure fucks. All right. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) As we say in Seattle. (laughs) Get whipped. Oh, my God. This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as IntoTheTwilight.show. You can send us an email at IntoTheTwilightShow at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at IntoTheTwilight.BigCartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at YourGhostHost44 on Instagram. And our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at EliSourKrauss and KraussFilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ally on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media 
audio for everyone.